High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. All right, Dr. Kira Kelly uh, joins us. Kira Kelly, welcome to the program. Thank you, George. Um, they're all sick. They're all madly sick here. Uh, and if you text in to 53106, what's wrong with you? Uh, we'll answer it immediately. If you want a serious answer, I'll give it. If you want a panic-stricken answer, Kira Kelly will answer it. I don't know how to deal with this one, Kira, but I remember at school there used to be fellas who had warts all over their hands. Oh, yeah. I thought that was gone. No, it's not. Wart is, warts are caused by the HPV virus, one one of the, one strain of the HPV virus, and it's a very common. Some people will clear them themselves eventually if, if they're just let sit there for long enough, you might develop immunity, but it could take a couple of years. Don't you put sulfuric acid on <laughs> Salicylic acid, yeah. Sulfuric might be a bit strong, go through your bone. Um, yes, people do burn them off using acid, topical acids. People also get them burnt off using what's called cryotherapy, George, which which is dry ice, where they actually freeze them off and damage the skin. But Basically, they're, they're unsightly rather than unhealthy. Uh, yeah, but they're contagious so they can spread from your kid to you or your other kids or they can spread off the hands to different bits of your body and stuff. So people do like to get rid of them uh, and there's lots of treatments and basically what you have to do is kill kill the skin so that the water is living in. So this 25-year-old who's humiliated, there's I'd, no reason to be humiliated. I'd be going down to the chemist and I'd be getting something over the counter to start off with and I'd be going at them. By the way, treating warts takes persistence. Any kind of form of wart treatment can right. take months for them to clear. Okay. All right. So just All keep right. keep going at it. I notice your answers aren't getting any shorter with practice. I'm glad you mentioned going to the chemist. The NHS Britain has now said, go to your chemist don't go to your GP. You plan. And the reason is, if you, six out of ten people walk out of their GP with antibiotics, whereas only one in ten of them need it, and this overprescription the NHS is trying to stop. Uh, that's not actually why they're doing it. They're doing it because there are so short of GPs in the NHS that the waiting time now is so long that they're saying go to your pharmacy because there's nowhere else for you to go, in fact. And that's going to happen here too if we're not careful. I, at 60 bucks a minute, I'm not surprised. Um, a minute. <laughs> Jesus, I wish, George. No, listen, a pal of mine um, fell and hurt himself and has ringing in his ears forever never go away okay. tinnitus I yeah think yeah that called. is what it's called what about the poor fella who was ringing in his ears for two days but it won't go away now is that the beginning of tinnitus it, well okay if you're going to get tinnitus it has to begin at some stage so we can't say for sure that it's not just the beginning of tinnitus and that's a, a, a nuisance but um, a couple of things is one is can, you can have ringing in your ears temporarily because you have a head cold and stuff like that. So that that can happen. Um, so I would suggest what you might want to do is take an antihistamine. He is saying, though, there's nothing wrong with him. OK, well, he could still have a blocked nose and he mightn't be telling us because he might think that is nothing wrong with him. But, but if you're somebody who has ringing in your ears, I would suggest a couple of things. First of all, try an antihistamine. Maybe try uh, a topical nasal steroid, which is a spray you squirt up your nose and you see how you get on. If it then doesn't go away, maybe you need to go and get it checked. If it's bilateral and persistent and continuous tinnitus, it's probably not a lot you're going to be able to do about it because there isn't really a treatment for that kind of tinnitus. If it's unilateral in particular, if you have tinnitus or if you have pulsatile tinnitus where the tinnitus is there all the time but it has a beat, like a heartbeat in it too, you may need to get a scan. But I mean, I cannot because I never had it. I cannot Drives imagine people how... insane. Yeah. They go bananas. And they're the people who listen to radios all night in bed and everything because 
anything to get rid of the this high pitched horrible noise in their in That's their ears. No, it's horrible. They they go mad with it. So so yeah. I think I can answer this one, but I'll let you do it because you're you're because you dragged me all the way in. I know. Yeah, yeah I know. that's it. Yeah, I get constipated quite often, Doc. And sometimes I'll have pain in my stomach, listener says. Struggle to go to the bathroom. What could it be and what should I do? Well, it's constipation very clearly. There's a couple of things you should do. Up your fluid intake. Lots and lots and lots of water. But also a very good natural way of doing this might be a glass of prune juice in the morning with your breakfast. That's a natural laxative. It's a stool softener. Um, You need to up your fibre in your diet and cut out your white stodge in your diet too. So bin your pizza bases, bin your white bread, bin your pasta that isn't wholemeal and change all your carbs that you're having to brown carbs and also maybe look at the volume of carbs you can't carb load too heavily and you need to up your fibre which means more fruit more veg and any carbs that you do take should be high high fibre carbs because cereal fibre like you know in a bowl of all bran or that kind of thing for example is very effective but if you're still not going and you're, you've done everything and your diet is really good from a constipation point of view you may need medication because some people are just really prone to constipation and despite being active and drinking and taking a high okay. fibre diet they need something to help them go. I don't think that was worth 60 quid a minute. Really? Why? Why? How much do you think that was worth? Well, because, like, the thing about fibre in the mornings is completely misunderstood, right? And you take fibre and you, you don't have toast and marmalade like. You have fibre. And and that could be as simple as all bran or special K and Is this not what food. I just said? Yeah, but you took forever to say so it. So you thought you'd just say it again? you just repeat yeah, it? Yeah, but I, I said it for but so it's long. it's simple. Now, you could be constipated because you're s- there's something serious going on. It mostly isn't that though, George. Correct. It mostly isn't that. And, but and a lot of people are constipated because they're sedentary. And you know what? Another reason people are constipated because we eat too much. The volume going through yeah. our guts are too big. Yeah. So cut back. I, I was, I, it happened to me in Washington, D.C. Oh, Not God. This people trip, don't want to hear this. And, yeah, but I tell you, no, I'm not going to talk about it in any graphic detail. It is unbelievably uncomfortable. Like when you just read it out on the radio, people are probably thinking, it is so uncomfortable. What? It is uncomfortable. It's, it's, very it's painful. People struggle with it. I don't, yeah. I'm not being crude. But no, it's, it's a nasty thing. It's not nothing. Right. Apple cider vinegar for getting rid of warts. Sheila says. Uh, people say apple cider vinegar for everything. I'm surprised we actually have a, a pharmaceutical industry. Uh, uh, All we need is ap- apple cider you vinegar. You know, I tell you, this 60 quid a minute you're getting is definitely overpaid. Because you come in here and you, you, you give topical steroid creams as a cure for everything from impotence to warts. And then you complain about poor old Sheila who says Topical steroids are neither a cure for impotence or warts. And we don't say impotence anymore. Stop saying impotence. Mick in Limerick. He, he, fruit juice is not good for you. Should he give up his daily orange juice? What he's saying is, and it's an interesting question, we get asked this kind of thing all the time. He said, people are telling me that uh, fruit juice is full of sugar. Should I be giving it up? Fruit juice is full of sugar, okay? And people think because it's not Coca-Cola that there isn't six spoonfuls of sugar in it. There is. It's fructose. It's a different sugar maybe than, than glucose, which is what you get in your in your high, you know, sugary drinks. And certainly I think fruit juice is better than, you know, your, your minerals that you buy in a can or whatever. But actually the best thing for you to drink is water. Water, water is really good for you, George. Water is the most overrated beverage. The most underrated beverage, I would, I would argue. It is brilliant for growing grass. 
and for cleansing I the system. I don't drink water. Anyway, coffee's much better. Anyway, listen, no, it's I really tell you, not as the we, health we were coming up from DC in the train, right? Okay. And the train was delayed by an hour, so it looked as if we were going to lose our flight. Okay. There's method in my madness okay. here. I'm hearing you. My heart rate went up, oh, rushing yeah, from train to train and stress. Now, our pal here can't get his heart rate down after exercise. Column, 28 only. 45 minutes after a run, it's still pounding away. This is a hard one to answer because this may or may not be normal. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know how fit column is. I don't know what weight column is. I don't know how much exercise column takes or those kinds of things. And certainly when you exercise on an ongoing basis, overall your resting heart rate decreases because you become fitter and that's a, that's a positive thing. And certainly during exercise your resting heart rate goes up or it's not even your resting because you're not, you know, your heart rate goes up and then it should come back down again. Trying to predict how quickly it should come back down again is a difficult one without us knowing more. It may be normal. We don't know. I would suggest column maybe goes and has an EC done. Yeah, all right. Now, um, some fella must have been playing cricket or something because they got smacked with a ball on the hand and his wrist still is mild pain. Mild pain. Yeah. Unlikely to be broken. Well, he said, well, it's a funny question because he goes, it's mild pain. I don't think it's bad enough to be sprained. Do you think it's sprained? <laughs> See, <laughs> so I said, well, at in 60 my head, bucks a minute, I, do, I have no idea. But the truth about it is, is if he doesn't think it's mild, it's so mild, it's not strained, it probably isn't. But if you do have persistent pain in a joint or somewhere where you got blunt trauma, you can have a little crack. And there's no way of knowing this, even with our brilliance, George, even for 60 bucks a minute, as you keep pointing it, um, over the airway. If it is a persistent pain, having had a bit of a bash, he probably should get an extra. Well, Natalie Wood, the great child actress, uh, was doing a thing when she was very young and she fell off a bridge, you know, uh, and she broke her wrist. A, they kept filming, even though she was drowning, and B, they wouldn't let her uh, get, get the wrist set. Because you'd have to wear a cast. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. No, the point with this listener, one of the points about looking at it is a lot of us break things or fracture things like a toe yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, we myself. do nothing about them. Yeah, yeah. And then we have a crooked toe, wrist. A or crooked toe isn't the end of the world, but a crooked wrist is quite more important. Poor old Natalie Wood did drown in the end, didn't she? Yeah, because she had a fear of water. She used to wear a bracelet for her entire life because she had a crooked wrist. Oh, okay. All right. Now, why are all these children coughing, sniffing and vomiting up everything? This is presumably this whole reflux stuff, is Uh, it? George, you make me proud very, very occasionally, but today is one of those times. Yes, post-tussive vomiting, which means when you cough and cough and cough and you cough yourself sick, is generally because one is you've got a big old cough and two is because you have a little bit of reflux. So the pressure of the coughing which raises your kind of interabdominal and your interthoracic pressure brings up milk yeah. or whatever you're having. A um, couple of things. It's not important it's, it's, except for it's a nuisance. Okay, It doesn't mean your child is any sicker than if they don't vomit. A um, couple of things you can do prop them after feeds raise the head of the bed slightly not with a pillow in a small child but raise the feet of the bed slightly so put a we used to say a phone book under the head of the cot or whatever but there are no phone books anymore so stick, stick, stick a bible or something under the feet of the bed some big book that you have at home 
Um, you might also want to use some kinds of treatments for the cough, depending, and you might also want to use some kind of treatment for the reflux. So you might be looking at, depending on the age of the child and depending okay. on, there are over-the-counter stuff available like Gaviscon you might want to use for reflux in your child, for example, if it was a baby, um, or you might want to steam them or that kind of okay. thing to reduce their cough. But it's very common, and you're right, it's a combination of cough and reflux. Hundreds of texts saying you're worth 60 bucks a minute. Uh, Pat and Cork <laughs> says leave the doctor alone. Another listener says that they're 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 beginning to like the program. Uh, me, in other words, would a topical steroid cream help cure them? Yeah, I suggest that they bathe in it twice a day, and we <laughs> see what happens. Treatments for headaches. I get them quite frequently. This thirty-nine-year-old female, to the point, it stops her in her tracks. I don't like this one because. First of all, you shouldn't have a headache so bad it stops you in your tracks. And certainly, if you were going to be unlucky enough to get a headache, you shouldn't be having one all the time, getting them frequently. She needs to go and see a doc and have a few things done. It may be that she's a migraine sufferer, and we don't we don't know enough yeah, in the text to know yeah. that. And if she is, and she's having frequent severe migraines, there are preventative tablets you can go on to to stop the migraines from developing. It isn't all just about treating the headache when it arrives. You can actually prevent you from getting them. But she needs a little bit of uh, of a work up this person because frequent severe headaches is not normal, and, and it's not acceptable and you shouldn't have to put up with it. This poor person wakes up in the morning, John, 34, with sleep in the eye and he's got all crusts in his eyes. Can you stop that? Well, yeah, you can because that that's not normal either, okay? I mean, all of us wipe a little bit of what we like sand out yeah. of our eye in the yeah. morning, like, like a yeah. tiny bit maybe in the corner of your eye because your eye continues to oh, lubricate. It's a big question to come, so hurry up. Lubricate overnight. If he's getting that much and he doesn't have an eye infection, it's an ongoing thing, he needs to have practice eye hygiene Baby shampoo, the no more tears kind of baby shampoo. Wash the eyes with water and baby shampoo. In the morning? Morning and evening. All right, okay. Okay, listen, It's the instruction is George does not answer this question. Okay, I, I like where we're going. I often feel like my heart is skipping a beat, like it stops for a beat and then gives a big thump to go forward, often after exercise, but not always. Uh, doctors listening and uh, dismiss it. Okay. This person should have, certainly as a baseline, an ECG, but they may also need what's called a Holter monitor, George. A Holter monitor is an ECG, but you wear the stickers on your chest for about 24 hours. Donut? Yeah. And what it does is it tries to capture those events and see if they're significant or not. The vast majority of these things I should point out are things called an ectopic beat, which is where your heart does actually do an extra beat or skip a beat. And it's completely insignificant because guess what? Your heart does it and my heart does it too. Some of us notice it, some of us don't. It's not the end of the world. It's no biggie. Now, I've already right? Yeah, that's different. But I never, exactly, I never felt a skip a beat job, right? I didn't even know I had it. Yeah. But the heart monitor, you wear it for 24 yeah. hours, it's it's very simple. Yeah. And then they've got a graph of your heart That's exactly what we hours. have. We have a graph. And and what's more is the chances are it's probably nothing. But we can't say obviously over the air that it is. And oh. a Holter monitor will, will, will diagnose yes. whether or not it's an issue. And the great thing is, if you wear a halter monitor, you will never again need a topical steroid cream. My thanks to Dr. Kira Kelly. She's back with us next Monday and every Monday thereafter, lacoon of day. She's also doing Facebook Live question and answer over on News Talk Facebook page. So she is, as they say, ubiquitous.